Hey, lovely. I am always super keen to dive deeper into the inner workings of our minds. Like what makes me so critical of me? Why am I judgmental about others? Why do you or I fear failure or success? Why do we have imposter syndrome? Does it even serve us in any way? And how can we stop being a prisoner of any of that mental chatter that just goes on and on in our head? Well, if any of that sounds completely valuable for you to find out the answers to, I kid you not, I have the guest who blew my mind and did just that. We'll learn who that is after the intro. You're listening to The Untapped Podcast, a podcast where you can learn how to tap into your potential and get paid to be you so that you are ultimately doing the work that you love and living life on purpose. It sounds too good to be true. I can tell you it's not. I'm your host, Natalie Sisson, a Kiwi entrepreneur, author, speaker, podcaster, obviously, triathlete, and white German shepherd lover. And I have gone from the corporate world to my own business, where for the last 11 years, I have essentially been learning and educating people how to build an online business they love by monetizing them and what they do best. So sit back, relax, and enjoy these golden nuggets with myself or my amazing and inspiring guests. And make sure that you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you happen to listen in to this just search for Untapped with Natalie Sisson. All right, let's dive in. Mia Hewitt is not only a bombshell, she is a master business coach who heals trauma. And I must admit, when I found out about her, I thought, oh, trauma, like, let's go deeper into that because I feel like my life hasn't had much trauma compared to what a lot of people I have met have experienced. And I was really curious to learn more and dig more into the fact that from pretty much the age of six and seven, we have all experienced a form of trauma that has completely shaped who we've become, our thoughts, our attitudes, our mental mindset, and that it is actually possible to completely reverse that and set yourself free. I know it all sounds a little bit Too good to be true, but listen up. Mia Hewitt has co-owned and operated a seven-figure business. She's an international speaker and world-class business coach, and she's the founder of Aligned Intelligence, which is a methodology that removes all blind spots, fear, anxiety, and self-doubt, leaving you feeling free to be me. And essentially, she has worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs who have always known they were meant for more, and she helps them move past that and break free. She's also the author of Meant for More, a book which shares how to stop secretly struggling, awaken your full potential, which is what we're all about here on Untapped, tapping into that potential and discovering the truth about who you really are. When Mia was in her 30s, she built a multi-million dollar company. She had happy kids and a gorgeous house, but she just didn't feel like she was good enough. And maybe some of you can relate to that, never feeling like you're good enough. So she went on this personal development journey. She read every single book. She paid for every single course. She hired some of the best coaches in the world and nobody could help her figure out what she was missing. So she realized the answer was inside her, that she was able to solve it all along and that she had to uncover and heal the emotional side of herself in order to become her best version of her. That is pretty much what we dive into in this episode. So I'm just going to let rip because this was awesome. Sit back, enjoy the ride. It's almost an hour and I think you're going to want to bookmark this one. So do me a favor before we dive in, please share this episode with a friend who 100% needs to hear what Mia has to say. Please do that. And if you want to come across, get the show notes, all the good links, you'll find them at nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 66, but if you go to that link, you will find all the episodes and you'll be able to click through and find Mia Hewitt. So let's just dive in. Mia Hewitt, welcome to the Untapped podcast. Thank you so much. So great to be here. (laughs) It is great to be here. And I can tell we're going to have a juicy conversation. But to kick this off, I would love for you to let my beautiful listeners know, how have you tapped into your potential and how do you get paid to be you? Mm. It's such a great question. Such a great question. Since I, when I first grew up, I grew up poor. And I thought the answer to that question was, you just had to make money. Like, right. And I, I really used to be someone who really chased money because I just thought that if I just went after the money that every, that I would somehow arrive and I'd be my full self and I would be confident and so forth. And 
the funny thing is, is I actually, I built my first multi-million dollar company. And the funny thing is, is I actually felt insecure. Like I was shocked that I didn't feel confident. People used to still trigger me. I used to feel like there were certain personality types that I was still scared of. I would completely withdraw. And so I started questioning, like, what is this really about? How do you live your potential, right? If here I am, like I have accumulated everything I thought I could accumulate. I had the cars, the houses. How is it that I could still feel so insecure? So I think this is a really great question. And for me, the answer came inside of when I first healed my first trauma, when I learned that what was really stopping me, why I always felt insecure, no matter how much I did, no matter how much, you know, like it didn't matter how many goals I hit, how many you know, marathons I ran, how many, you know, whatever it is that I put in front of me that I would accomplish, I started realizing that it had nothing to do with accomplishments. And it had everything to do with really looking at who was I being. So what I found is how to live your potential is that every single human being has had an original trauma. Like we often think, Natalie, that a trauma is, you know, at least in a big scale, we think of it like it has to be something severely bad. Like it has to be like where you've either been severely beaten or molested in some way. And I'm not saying those aren't traumas. They are. But I'm talking like where traumas can be just growing up with a parent who's extremely moody and you feel like you have to walk around on eggshells, Mm -hmm. right? or a sibling that is just constantly berating you, or maybe a parent who doesn't talk to you. When they get upset, they won't talk to you for days, like feeling like you don't exist. I found for myself that, and for every entrepreneur I've ever worked with now, that if we heal the original trauma, then what happens is that they get free to be them, right? Mm. That's free. They automatically become free to be you. And then from that, Now, when we look at what's the business model that what is the vehicle we want to use to allow that self-expression in the world, now we can really live our full potential, right? Because we're not chasing the money anymore. We are, we're free to be ourselves. And then we put the right business model in place to that expression. Now watch out, right? That to me, that is the quickest answer I could give someone is how do you live your full potential? You free yourself from the trap of your childhood trauma, Mm -hmm. and then you get to be freely you, and you take action inside of a vehicle that allows that self-expression. There's nothing juicier. I have found no amount of money, and and I make lots of it now, even doing what I love. No amount of money can really give you that feeling of fulfillment. Would you agree? What was your experience? I really really love that answer and thank you for being so candid and I had two questions that immediately came to mind which is for people listening I think that's really actually interesting to hear that trauma can be even the more subtle nuance of an abusive mentally abusive relationship whether it's with siblings partners parents or just miscommunication from a very young age that's kind of stifled how you now show up all these things and I think what I wanted to follow up with that is I had a pretty by all accounts, idyllic upbringing. I had loving parents. I had parents who said you could be what you want to be. There was no abuse. There was for sure judgment because everybody's judging. There was desire to be great and to be good. But at the end of the day, it was just a very loving family and lots of opportunities. And I'm always curious about, do you think that every single person does have a trauma? From yes. their childhood, it's pretty much a, it, it is a given. Okay, yeah, a hundred percent. It's because it, it's not going to show up like the way people think. So, for instance, let me explain. Anytime, like anytime, somebody's feeling like, oh my gosh, I know I'm meant for so much more, mm-hmm. but I don't know why I keep secretly struggling. Like every time I hit the same limitation over and over again, like there's a point where no matter what, I can't break through to that. Whatever that is for the person, everybody has their version of that. It's all coming from the original trauma. So an example of that is, and because I do such severe, like I can, I have coached entrepreneurs who have experienced murder, who've experienced molestation, rape, gang rape. I have extremes to the, what people consider I shouldn't have any trauma. I grew up just like what you're saying. Uh I grew up in the perfect household. Why is this all happening to me? But I can locate it 
in an instant. Here's why, because it's not what we think. Trauma is in the eye of the beholder, right? Mm -hmm. And in a way that this can really be heard, I'll tell it this way. So there was these two twins and what happened was they were about three years old and they were fast asleep. And the mother comes in and says, hurry up, hurry up, get up, get up, get up. You know, your father's coming home and he's drunk and I don't want him to hurt you. And so the twins got up and like, you know, in the awakening in their stupor, go under and he goes, get underneath my bed and don't come out. And so they both went underneath the bed and these are identical twins. The one was like, ah, whatever, no big deal, falls back to sleep. The other one was so traumatized by that experience, he blacked out, right? Wow. Same, two twins, identical twins, three years old. The next day when he wakes up, everything, he became known as the sensitive child. He would cry. He always felt like there was something going to come around, like a shoe was going to drop or something was going to come from behind. Mm-hmm. So he was always startled. Like, when is something bad going to happen? So he was always looking for something bad to happen. Mm-hmm. So he constantly struggled with success, never could make it, you know, never made any real success. His brother, hugely successful, right, grows mm-hmm. up and becomes hugely successful. So he comes to me, he was referred, and he would have never associated that to being his trauma, Mm -hmm. right? But as soon as we healed that, it literally freed him. Within two months, he became the top performer. He was uh, at a company. He became the number one performer in sales. And then within six months, he opened his own company. So can trauma really stop? And it's just that it doesn't look the way we think, right? He wasn't beaten. There was no molestation. Like there was nothing. The mom was just startled and frantic. I can give you so many of these kind of stories where mm. it's not what we think it is, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm really glad. And why I wanted to bring this up is I, it's a topic I want to cover in my book. And I had a chapter title in mind, which was kind of celebrate your normalness, because I do feel sometimes, and I just want to sort of give a bit of context that you sure. often see these huge success stories from people who experience massive trauma in their life. It's like they battled hard to get out of, as you said, you started out poor, right? Like they battled hard to get away from the life that they never wanted to be in. And now they're mega success. And a lot of their ambition is driven by getting as far away from that pain and trauma as possible. And I guess my question to you, and this is why I so wanted you on the show is for the people who grew up relatively normal, which doesn't seem to be actually normal in the face of all the divorces and all the other things going on is I guess the question is kind of how can we use that as fuel for living our best lives or being the best version of ourselves? If it's not fueled by moving away from something, it's fueled, I guess it's not even a question. No, that's a great question. But I'm curious about it because I almost want to just make it okay for people who had a decent upbringing and were lucky and were fortunate, but to not think that they can't do even more than they're capable of, that they can, they can go further if they wish. They can find their level of success, whatever that means to them. No, I really appreciate your question because what normally I get, my the entrepreneurs will come to me and they'll go, but Mia, if you heal this thing that has been driving me to be the success that mm. I've had, what if I, I don't want to be one of those lazy people. What if I just stay on my couch <laughs> and do nothing? That is really their big concern. Like if you heal this thing, that I know doesn't feel good, that makes me feel constantly an inadequate, constantly feel like I'm not worthy, like I'm not good enough, right? What if I don't want to do anything then? I don't want to be that one of those people. And I laugh all the time because of course that feels like that. Of course it feels like, because what we do is we think, this is the way we compartmentalize it. We think that I either have to be like completely driven and cattle prod myself to success, right? Or I'm going to be completely lazy. We don't think that if we just remove the resistance that the trauma creates and we heal the not good enough, we don't think it, we don't even know that it's possible that when we do that, what actually happens is you don't become someone you don't like. You actually become more of who you really are Mm. and you stop the resistance and the cattle prodding and the self, you know, flexuration, like the negative self-talk <laughs> all goes away. And what happens, like, I don't have a voice that runs in my head anymore. Right. 
So people often are like, you I was going to say, does it actually go away? Because this, yeah, that would be amazing. Wow. That negative voice, the self-critic, that all goes away because when the original trauma is created, this is what is missed, is not understood as a whole in personal development, is that the day we all created our, the, the trauma happened, we created an ego in order to survive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me give you an exact example because there was a, a woman I just talked to yesterday and so hers is really fresh in my mind. So she was, she grew up in a household, she was about, her parents are, were divorced and she grew up in, with her mom and she was at her mother's, the grandmother's house who the uncle is kind of like schizophrenic I think when she was seven years old and she happened to be visiting her dad then and she said, the uncle was kind of crazy. She said something like that. So the dad decided, well, you need to not be with your mom anymore. So she didn't see that coming. And he took her out of that household that she was felt free, felt like she loved her dad. She loved her mom, but she didn't feel any, like anything was wrong with her because she felt free to be herself. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when he removed her from her mom and moved her into his house, she literally felt like her whole world collapsed Mm -hmm. and that she doesn't matter. And then she would cry all the time. So she made it mean that my feelings don't matter. And, you know, what I have to say doesn't matter. And so in doing so, she literally told herself to not feel. Mm. So she became this really like shut down her feelings, wouldn't express herself anymore, like angry, the rage. Now you fast forward, right? So here she's, you know, eventually she, the mom fought back for her, got her back a year later at eight, but that stayed with her even now to this day, she's 30 some years old and her biggest struggles is she doesn't know how to express herself. Like as soon as somebody gets emotional, she can't be with their emotions. So she just keeps this wall around her. Mm -hmm. So even though she's successful, she has some success. She kills people off. She walls herself from ever getting too close to her. Even her best friend doesn't mean, do you see how it starts to Mm -hmm. impact and like every, and so even the level of success she allows herself to have can never really get that big Mm -hmm. because it all is surrounded inside of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 No, that's really, really helpful example. So short of obviously somebody coming to work with you, how are some of the ways that we can, I guess, do this for ourselves without Mm. causing any major mayhem within ourselves of identifying some of these pivotal points in our life that might now be affecting us or giving us these restrictions or allowing that inner critic to sabotage a great day? Yeah, yeah. Because the inner critic got created. So the day that she made the decision, I don't, you know, I don't matter. There's something wrong with me. I don't matter. I can't share my feelings. That's when the inner critic got built. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So the voice didn't happen until then. This is for all of us. Right. So how we can see, even if we think that there's, like you said, we grew up in the most perfect family and we don't think that there, we could have had a trauma. How you can find it is like this. This is the fastest way to find your trauma. And it's in my book. So you know, it's we'll you link can, to that in the show notes so people can yeah, grab yeah, it and go, Oh my god, how do I find it? Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely <laughs> get it because it's it really is this is how you find it. So let me give a little preference to it. It's not actually found in the mind. So mm-hmm. let me explain that. So prior to the age of seven, you only have a subconscious mind. You don't have a conscious mind yet. It starts forming after the age of seven. So what does that mean? So the subconscious mind is known as the feeling mind. So everything went in prior to the age of seven, you internalized whatever was happening around you, right? So whatever someone said to you, even if it wasn't true, you took it as truth. Every child does, Mm -hmm. right? That's why, you know, I remember my daughter when she was in kindergarten, she came home one day and, you know, she said, mommy, there's something wrong with my eyes. And I said, there's nothing wrong with your eyes. Why do you think that? And she says, well, my teacher said that I don't see very well. Because I put my backpack down on the floor instead of in the cubbyhole. But she took her literal, right? Because every child does, right? So they internalize whatever is going on around them. So when somebody's annoyed with them or upset with them or 
feels like there's something wrong with them, they internalize the shame Mm -hmm. in that experience and they make it mean that there's something wrong with them, right? And here comes the trauma. This is why I'm saying it's all related to the trauma. So what happens is how you find it is because, you know, we have to understand that it went in first as a feeling. Now how it will show up, the way we're going to ask for it is, but you're going to have to feel for it first. So here's how you do it. You want to remember a time that before you see this image, the image will come out of your subconscious mind and pop up into your conscious mind to show you exactly where it is. The thing that you don't want to do is judge the image because here's what people do to stop themselves from really seeing it is the image will pop up when I show them how to find it and then they'll go, Oh no, 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 that, that can't be it. That's just ridiculous. Like they want to judge their trauma. They're going to, they want to say like, don't be silly, but here's where I want to caution everybody. Don't do that. Because the reason is, is it may not be traumatic to you in the todays of your life, mm-hmm. but back when you were three, four, yep. it was, it was a big deal. Traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> so don't judge the trauma because that's what stops you from finding the trauma. Okay. So I want to, I want to preference that because every single person, when they come on my calls, I just warn them at a time, don't do that. Give me the information. Let me show it to you because once I show you your trauma, it's going to be pervasive. It will be everywhere in your life. Like mm-hmm. the trauma is so huge because once we go into that trap, this is what I struggled with for so long that nobody could help me figure out. Once we go in that trap, we get trapped in our own trap of survival and we forgot we created the trap. Because remember- it's very we, meta. Right? Yeah. Kind of like the movie Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> like the best way I can explain it, but it really is like that. That's what happens. So this is how you find it. So you're, you know, the best way is close your eyes, like, so that you don't want to go into your mind in the beginning, just go into the feeling because your subconscious mind is a feeling mind. And you just ask yourself these questions. So right before the, there's an image that's going to pop up into your head and your conscious mind, and you want to feel for it. And you want to feel for, there was a time like when you were really, really young, where you totally trusted yourself. You totally trusted you and you trusted others and you trusted life. Like there was a harmony, a light to you that you really thought like the world was your playground. Like everything was for you. Like there was no disconnect from what you wanted and what you saw you could have and how you felt about yourself. There was just this light and joy and fun and creativity. And then something happens. Something happened you never expected to happen. Like, it's like this, you went into an experience that you never thought could happen before like that. And then when it happened, it shocked you, maybe confused you, started to get you to doubt yourself that something was be truly wrong for this to have happened to you, that you feel like somehow you're responsible, like it's your fault. And somehow you did something wrong of some way. Mm-hmm. What is that? What is that first experience, whatever pops in your mind, you want to listen there because that's where the gold is. Awesome. I'm so going to grab the book now and do that. I was going to shut my eyes now and do it, but I was like, well, no, we'll just carry on with it. That's great. But that's really, yeah, really useful. So don't judge whatever the image is that comes up and then sit with that. And that obviously going through your book will sort of lead you to some real aha moments of where that's, as you said, been really pervasive in your life and how you can start moving past that because we made three decisions very quickly. And this is every single human being. When the trauma happens, the traumatic experience happens, we made a decision about ourselves. Wow. Like for this to happen, I must be what Mm. I must be what we made a decision about ourselves. We made a decision about others. Other people must be this and the world must be really like this because before that trauma, the world was like beautiful and fun and adventure. And then afterwards, it'll be like, you know, the person yesterday said to me, I remember her saying, I must be a disappointment. Mm. Like hers was, I must be a disappointment. And I said, let's check it because we can test it to see if it really is the one, right? We can, that's how I can find it. Do you feel that like every day? Are you always feeling like you're a disappointment? And she's like, oh my gosh everything I do, I feel like I'm a disappointment. Like I never can, I guess, you know, 
like it'll be so close to you mm. that you can't see it. Does that make sense? Yeah, although I think I can actually see mine. So probably because I've done a lot of processing around it yeah. and I, I can see how it shows up and how I everywhere. interact with people and how I am with myself and yeah. It'll be everywhere now. It's not yeah. like just it the thing how we know we've hit it is I always say to people is it won't feel it doesn't it goes through any context, meaning you will feel it mentally every day emotionally, it'll show up in all the areas emotionally for you. Mm -hmm. Physically, it'll become like a pattern. It'll cost you in your body. Relationship-wise, it'll show up. Financially, it'll show up. Like It will stop you, whatever the pattern is, it will be pervasive. It's like the worst virus ever. (laughs) Screw COVID-19. This is even worse. Totally. So (laughs) that's a great analogy. It really is. So a question for you, which I'm sure other people who are listening are like, really, what? So when you discover it and you find it, and even if you acknowledged it, and I imagine that it does take some time for you to move past that because if it's been everywhere in your life, it doesn't just disappear, right? It takes me eight weeks to heal it. Right. I can heal anyone's trauma in eight weeks. I have mastered it down to eight (laughs) weeks. And again, I'm not an overnight sensation, right? It took me six years to figure all this out um, of being obsessed with it 24-7. But then it, then I've been able to get it down. I used to be, I used to, when I first started, it took me six months to heal someone's trauma. Now I've got it down to eight weeks and eight weeks is like the sweet spot for me. Like I can guarantee the result because I, you know, I only take 10 people at a time and the way that I do it. But what I have found is like, once you do that, because there's a couple components, right? So when we heal it, you're completely free of that. You don't, you literally feel no more triggers. You're not triggered. Like that's right. what frees the first thing that we know the emotion there is gone. After that though, inside of it, once you learn to no longer, now you're not going to live from your ego, right? That inner critic, you don't live from there. You learn to detach from it. And what you learn is how to then attach inside of, attach back to who you really are. Like being free to be you, right? Your aligned self, your authentic self, your true self. So why I say that is, not only does it, you know, once we heal it and free the emotion, it then frees the mind. Then we have to develop the skill sets though, because for, let's say like from the girl yesterday, for seven years, since she was seven years old, mm-hmm. she's only had the skills of how to try to avoid confrontation, try to avoid disagreement, try to avoid any emotions at all, right? Mm-hmm. She was terrified of emotion. So once we heal it, we have to give her skill sets on how to be with any, how to clear, how to be able to process her own emotions naturally. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to relate it like this because we can see it with food more than we can see it with emotions. But think about it this way. What we're really talking about here is we can understand that as we eat food, that we naturally have to pee and poop, right? To get the toxins out, to return to homeostasis. That makes total sense to us. But we never think that our emotions are the same way. Like our emotions, that energy emotion, that when the energy doesn't have anywhere to go, when we feel these emotions, but we don't know how to process them because we're never taught how to process emotions, what ends up happening, it's like, that's why we get anxiety. That's why panic attack happens. That's why the imposter syndrome happens. That's why anything you can see that anyone struggles with, the reason is, is because they don't have a way to process the emotion that has happened and that's why the trauma happened, right? Yeah. And then they're compensating mm-hmm. for not being able to process emotions. So we have to give you the ability to show you how to process emotions, to always return to homeostasis mm-hmm. in yourself. So what ends mm-hmm. up happening is all of our people end up being able to be in any conversation and never lose their power. like completely like things that used to terrify them don't terrify them anymore being with any judgment and not getting taken out emotionally we really give them skills so it's not just the emotional healing but we also then you know show them how to live from their true self and then we show them how to be in any conversation and never be taken out and when i put all of that together in eight weeks you know when they get all of that in eight weeks they're just freaking unstoppable yeah. So that's why the results show up, right? Mm-hmm. Though like one guy produced in this market during this crisis, this pandemic, he, in the first week in his eight week course, he produced $250,000 and 
and like this happens naturally. It's such a natural occurrence that because it's all inside of the trap. Mm. Does that make sense? You must feel so honored and privileged and delighted to see your work having that much impact within a short period of time. Like I know you've put the work in to get there, but that's a pretty amazing gift to have and hold. Thank you for saying that. You know, I, I think about the two women yesterday who just signed up for my course coming up in May, like to see the pain that they're in, like the pain that they've been in for 30 years of their life. And no, I know they don't know, like they haven't gone through it yet. So I know they're like hoping I'm really true, right? Because they don't know yet, right? Because they haven't gone through it. But I know yeah. how like not one person has ever come through that has never been healed. So there's not one person. So And how many just, people have you worked with now? Oh my gosh, hundreds. Okay. Um, yeah. Hundreds of people. Yeah. So I know what's coming for them and the freedom that's coming. But to be able to see how much pain they're in and to feel this certain of how I know what's happening and it's all perfect and I got them and everything is going to be perfect. And I know they don't know that yet, but you know, I got them like this is to be able to say that and know that you are like that kind of difference. I'm going to free them from that trap. I don't think I work at all. Like I know people, I don't feel like I work. I feel like you live and breathe this with passion. Yeah, because it's like what I want, like that's what like freaking used to kill me. I was in pain, struggling all the time with these emotions that I would feel and nobody got me. I hired the best and the best in the industry. You know, I've paid, I've spent over half a million dollars in my own coaching and I've worked with the top of the top. And I can honestly tell you, they don't know. And I don't mean that as a judgment because if they knew, they would have given it to me. But they would, the most that they could tell me is we're just, they would just do reframes. We'll just think differently. If I could think differently, I would have done it by now. Like, it wasn't, <laughs> like here's the trap. Here's the problem. This is why this is such a problem. This is why it's so pervasive and why people don't think there's an answer for it. Like even these women are like crying. Like, you know, like, do you really think I can solve them? Yes. Let me tell you why. Because what happens is in, in personal development is we think, and even in therapy, I went to years of therapy. So I've gone to right. five different, four or five different therapists in my life because we, they think it's in the mind because of the negative self-talk and because mm-hmm. of the replaying, how you replay things over and over again, they think it's in the mind. So what happens is in therapy, I'll just use therapy or personal, you know, any of this form, they think that if they just help you see where it's coming from, that awareness is enough to get a result. And it's mm-hmm. not. Right. So now we yeah. have a lot of people who are like, I'm aware, but I still don't know what to do with it. Exactly. Because precisely what you said before, which I really liked is that you don't, you know, I think in a lot of people in personal development, great intentions, they'll go free yourself from this and then they'll just leave you there hanging. You're like, Oh great. I've discovered now what it is. Or I think yeah. I have a feeling of what it is. And then they're <laughs> like, give me, as you said, give me the skills now to be able to deal with this with my newfound perspective or mindset or whatever it may be and they don't and that's why your transformation is super short-lived yeah a hundred percent a lot of percent because that's really just an insight it doesn't heal Mm -hmm. you you still have all the same emotions so what happens is because they're trying to go through the mind and just make you aware so they think it's there it's not why this is what why people really struggle because they'll say I know what to do. Like logically, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because it's not in the mind. What happens is it's in the emotions. So when we free the emotional, the emotion is what has the grip of why, because here's why, because all behavior is emotional. It's Mm -hmm. not intellectual. Mm -hmm. It's not intellectual. Yeah, for sure. Like if my mom will come over, which we right now isn't happening because of lockdown, and she might just say something and I'll just be triggered. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting triggered and I know why this is. And it's so frustrating. And it's because it's an emotion. As you just said, it's not me going, that's not a great thing to say right now. It's like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Do you see how your emotion took you out? And it wasn't Mm -hmm. logical because it, because it's coming from a past trauma with her. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, you're like, no, like it instantly takes you back to whatever that age you were when you felt that feeling. Mm -hmm. And so the emotion takes over. And here's what I love to tell people. Like, I really want them to feel this because I really want them to know there's nothing wrong with them. We have to heal it, but there's really nothing wrong with them because they start to think I'm just the only person who's 
you know, screwed. I'm the person that's the problem. Like everybody else must not suffer with this. But here's what, why you can say, you know, I always have them repeat this. I can't think greater than how I feel. I can't mm. think greater than how I feel. Nobody can. If our emotions, once my emotion would seize, what would happen to me is I would literally go into, I become the dumbest person in the room. Like my mind would literally go into mutism. Like I would literally really? could not think. Yeah, because my trauma was so traumatic for me that when I would go into it, when I would just go into a complete shutdown, like I would freeze, I would literally become frozen. Right. And then my mind, my brain would stop working. So people would be talking to me. And then I remember this guy being, so certain personalities types would trigger me, right? Because if they were really aggressive, because my father was a very aggressive personality. So I would go right back to being five years old again, frozen. And then, you know, I remember this guy, here I am a multimillionaire and this, and this guy comes in my office and, you know, I hear him tell the front, you know, I want to talk to Mia. And I'm like instantly become frozen inside. Wow. Right. And I come from behind my desk and all my staff is hiding. Right. And nobody wants to deal with this guy. Cause he's, you know, one of those kind that is just real big personality, very successful guy, but very big personality. And back then when I still struggled with it, right. So I would come around my desk and now I'm trying to people please and try to figure out how I'm going to make this right. And, you know, I'm like tiptoeing around everything and final, and I'm like, Oh my God, what if I say something that's not correct? Right. That was my biggest concern. What if I do it wrong? What if I'm going to do this wrong? And that's the pattern I used to run all the time is I'm going to do it wrong. I'm going to do it wrong. And so, and I would constantly question myself, was that right? Was that wrong? Did I do that right? Was that wrong? I would do this all the time. So finally he comes up, you know, I bring him over to my desk and he asked me a question and I don't know the answer. This is so long ago. I'm 52 now. So this was like back in my thirties. And I remember I didn't know the answer. And I went into a complete frozen state, didn't answer. He got so fed up with me. He stood up. He's like, how do you even run a business like this, Mia? <laughs> he like, you know, gets up, storms out of the, you know, my office and everything. I was completely mortified. I wanted to hide underneath my desk, never to be seen again. Imagine. This is what I mean by a trauma, right? So now I laugh at those kind of things because it doesn't happen to me anymore. But I see how it's all, it was all connected mm. to my original trauma. So now those kind of personalities, I actually find fun. I actually find it humorous. They don't scare me in any way and so forth. And I also don't go into mutism anymore. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. So I'm imagining then that imposter syndrome, the inner critic, the fear of failure, the fear of judgment, the fear of success, all of these things are, you know, I'm not trying to make them not valid. They're very valid. But almost all of them Mm -hmm. can be related back to trauma that hasn't been healed. So every single one of them. Are they the most common ones? Like, are are there any? Yeah. yeah? So, because I just want people who are listening to know that they're okay. That this is something that everybody feels. A hundred percent. Imposter syndrome's been. I talk about it a lot, and I almost want to stop Mm -hmm. talking about it because I feel like it's become the new buzzwords. Oh, I've got imposter syndrome. So, do you want to maybe just give me your definition of what that is? Sure. Of course. It all does come from the original trauma. So what Mm -hmm. happens is when you don't know how to, like when that traumatic experience happens and you don't know how to process how you're feeling, because you don't have a model for how to process it. Somebody would have just Mm -hmm. showed you as a child. What happens is in that moment, you make a decision that it's not safe to be you. Mm -hmm. So you become an impot, like there is an act or a personality or a way of being that you become to survive your life. Mm. So that's what is imposter syndrome. Another way of saying it is it's simply the awareness that you have a desire for something, like you want something, but you don't think that you're enough to receive it, right? So you then in your awareness, you have an awareness of something, but you have a belief that contradicts it. So that act of being cross-current and within yourself you feel like you're a fraud. You feel like you're going to be found out. You feel like any day somebody's going to discover this, right? Like that whole feeling yeah. of like, that's what that is. So it's you've just got to get all your beliefs aligned. Right. Because, because when the trauma happens, mm-hmm. you split yourself, mm. right? You stop belie- before the trauma. You totally trusted yourself. Mm-hmm. You trusted others and you trusted life. There was like a complete harmony to you. 
So everything was moving in the same direction and in harmony and in alignment. When the trauma happens, you split yourself inside of feeling like there's something really wrong with you. Now you're operating internally against yourself. So you have desires, but you don't really believe you can do it because the trauma stops you from that emotional behavior, right? Yeah. That's where the lock is in, is emotional. Yeah. So when we heal this emotion and we free the mind, now everything starts operating in unison and in harmony and mm. everything's operating in one direction. And that is the ultimate potential, right? Like the people ask me, like, how do you live your potential? You heal your trauma. When you don't have trauma, you are your best self. Mm. You are, you see the opportunities because when you're in your trauma, you can't see shit. <laughs> like there's nothing you can see. Like, I mean, I couldn't see anything when that guy was reacting like that because yeah. everything shuts down emotionally and we can't think greater than how we feel. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for repeating that. It's very sure. powerful. Have you met many people in your life who are actually going through life from a, you know, not, they're still not a child, but with that beautiful childlike wonder I'm sure they've had experiences, but who have actually managed to hold on to trusting themselves, trusting in others, and kind of going through life living that way. Yeah. Yeah. Only one man comes to oh. my mind. And now I am this person, like yeah. the child, like, but I will tell you there was one man that it really, he changed my life. And this is how I started really going. So I'll tell you who he is. The guy's name, he happens to be a billionaire. Mm-hmm. I don't, He's just child, like Richard Branson's a good one to look at too. Mm. If you, I, I don't, I, yeah. I've never met him personally, but he's just got that spirit, right? Yeah. So Richard Branson would be another one I would say, but as far as someone I personally met, he happened to be a billionaire. He used to own the Jardin Corporation and he sold it like maybe, maybe nine, 10 years ago to Rubbermaid for 14.3 billion. And so okay. his name is Martin Franklin. Okay. Um, and he literally had this like childlike wonder, totally trusting himself. And I remember when I was talking to him, I was back then, I was, you know, I built my first company and I'm a multimillionaire. He's a billionaire. And I'm going, I said to him, Martin, I don't get it. Like, I'm like, cause I did that through survival, mm-hmm. right? I built my first company. You can, this is what people don't understand. You can make a lot of money if you just take enough action and to compensate for your trauma, right? There are many people who do. It's just that you never feel fulfilled. You never mm. feel satisfied, right? So I mean, back then, like many years ago, when I was having this conversation with him, you know, so I'm 52. So how, how long ago that was? I was in my early 40s having this conversation with him. So I remember I had 15 employees. He had 36,000, Wow! right? Just to show you the difference. Yeah. And so I'm like, Martin, I don't understand this. Like, how do you become a billionaire? Like, I'm freaking struggling. I know what I took to get here with 15 employees and I'm doing it with less people than most people would do. You know, most people making the money I was making back then, you know, inside of it was like 32 employees, but I was doing it with half the employees. But I'm like, how are you doing this? You get 36, you know, like what in the world? And I said to him, how do you manage your fear? And he said, Mia, I don't have any fear. I was like, what are you freaking talking about? Like I said, Martin, I studied this shit. I've been in personal development my whole life, right? I've been like always trying to figure out why I am the way I am. I'm like, what are you talking about, Martin? There's an amygdala in the back of your brain, fight, flight, or freeze. What do you mean you don't have fear? He's like, Mia, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't have fear. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, what are you talking about? And he said, here's the way I see this, Mia. Most people can't make a decision. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, here's the thing. When I, you know, before I became a billionaire, I was, had to put everything on the line. Like I had to, he owned a conglomerate. The Jardin Corporation was a conglomerate of companies. So it was like Yankee Candle, Coleman's, Grill, like these kind of different companies that he was doing. And he said, before I became a billionaire, he said, I have to put, I had to take all of my millions and put it on the line, Mm -hmm. right? And in order to form this bigger company. And he said, if it didn't go, it would have totally bankrupt me. He said, but I don't, you know, I am open to the, he's um, British. So he say, so I, he has this British action and he goes, so like, you know, I'm open to the critique. So basically he would take the feedback from people he trusted about when he was going to make a decision. And then he said, I always trust my gut. 
And he mm-hmm. said, once I get that gut feeling, now I'm going to, I'm going to show you what he really does, but I'm going to just say what he said first. Cause I've, I dissected him and I really understand why it works now. But back then it was a total mystery to me, but he said, I, you know, I take the critique and then he said, I will make a decision. And then I never look back. Mm. And he said, I, you know, I will put on blinkies, which is those blinders from horses. Mm-hmm. He caught, like he calls them blinkies, but where he never, ever entertains another idea of it not working. Right. So I learned the power of a true decision from Martin Franklin, where I could see then in my life everywhere I thought I was making a decision back then where I wasn't. I had one foot in and one foot out, right? And so I learned the power of a true decision from that man. And he really showed me how much when we don't go all in on something, and I still teach that to this day, like to understand the way the mind, emotions, and the actions work together in alignment. You have Alignment is when we mentally, emotionally, and then the actions we take all go all in on one direction and we refuse to entertain anything else. That is the power of a true decision from alignment. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. In fact, I, yeah. Thank you. I have an example of when I did yeah. that in my own life. Good, good. When I won this body sculpting championship because I never not thought about not winning it. It was like, it wasn't how I started out, but as I trained for months and months and months, every single day, day in, day out, twice a day, I had this little yes. line at the top of my training thing and it said countdown to comp win, as in the competition win. And I read that every single day, day in, day out, and that's what I believe nice. with for osmosis. And when I got up on stage, Mira, it was really funny. Like I'm there and I'm posing and they bring forward the people. And I, it was in that moment that I was like, oh, I'm here. Crap, I might not win because I hadn't thought about not winning. I hadn't just thought about winning, but I hadn't thought about not winning. And so it hadn't yes, even entertained yes. my mind and I'm there posing and then they're like, Natalie, and I was like, oh, thank God, because I wouldn't have known how to process not. <laughs> but it was a really, I've not actually managed to get that particular feeling back, but I've had very similar moments where I've just gone all in mm. and focused on something and you're totally right. And I think we're, these days, we're so distracted with all these disparate things going on that make us feel maybe more fulfilled or busy or whatever it may be, like we're living a multifaceted life but it's Mm. also exhausting and it just you know takes our focus and spreads it far and wide and Mm. there's just so much beauty and simplicity and also so much power so much power yeah so much power because what you know he didn't understand it the way i understand it in today's but the way i teach that is when we understand the universal law of cause and effect The reason why the power is in making, you know, like Yoda said it, right? In Star Wars, do or do not do, right? There is no try. It's my favorite quote. Yep. Right? Because that's what I mean by going all in, right? Like a true decision means you, not one piece of you is out of alignment Mm. from what it is that you've have decided. So success, you know, is at its source, simply faith expressed in action. So if we don't go all in, it doesn't get that expression of like, cause that's how it's really coming because it's always going to be coming from faith first before it shows up. Right. And that alignment by based on the universal law of cause and effect is the cause that then produces the effect out there, out here in the world that then shows us the result of our cause. Does that make sense? So when you understand it on how it works, why does that work? Because it works for everyone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't skip a person. So every single person who's ever had success, they went all in on it. There's not one person that has had success that said, oh no, I didn't know if that I really had like half in, half out, Mm -hmm. right? Even the movie stars and the people that say, I never knew this could happen. They dreamed it. Yeah. They're like, I did, you know, they're, they're trying to be nice. You know what I mean? They're just being like, I never saw this coming. It's, oh, come on. Nothing is happening outside of the imagination. Like the house that I'm in right now only got created because somebody held to an imagination, held to an idea before they ever saw the physicalness of it. Mm-hmm. Then, holding to that idea, going all in, 
hired the architects, did the, you know, did what they needed to do in the action steps until the house was built. This didn't just show up. Yeah. <laughs> but we forget that everything happens from the inside out, not mm-hmm. outside in. Yeah. Nothing is happening outside in. It's one of the biggest misunderstandings that we're taught as kids mm-hmm. that as if it could happen from outside in, right? That's the whole reason why people are afraid of judgment because the idea we're raised with is that someone out there could literally judge me and somehow that that would affect who I'm being mm-hmm. is, is it to me now is completely ridiculous. It doesn't even make any sense to me because it, that would have to mean like if the, let's just say somebody said, but Mia, what if they reject, they reject something you do. There are people who reject like what I do there. There I get every day, I get tons of emails of, Oh my God, your book changed my life. Your book changed my life. And then there'll be one and they'll say, this was just pure rubbish. <laughs> right. And you're just like, Oh, and I remember saying to the woman, I said, Oh, wow. Thank you so much. You know, I'm just curious. What was so rubbish about it? I'm sure it was rubbish to you, but what was so rubbish about it? Cause I really love to, I'm always fascinating, right? When somebody sees it the complete opposite way. And I just go right into it. And I just say, I feel free to share. I'm happy for you to share what you found was rubbish about it. Right. Yeah. Um, but the reason when somebody, I remember somebody recently saying, how can you do that? And I said, because my, I'm not rejectable for her to <laughs> say that. And for me to feel negative emotion, for me to feel like, oh my God, I've done something wrong. It would mean that first of all, that I haven't healed my trauma and I have, but second of all, it would mean that I would have to have a belief that I could be rejectable. Mm. And when you heal your trauma, and you know you're no longer rejectable. Like the trauma is what created me thinking I was not enough. There was something wrong with me. But, you know, to me, I just allow everybody the dignity of their own life journey. And it's, her, it's a difference of opinion, but I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need her to love, think that my book is amazing. I've got plenty of other people who think it is. And yeah. so I just allow for her expression of she can have that experience for herself. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to make her wrong. So it just leaves you free to be in any kind of, you know, differences of opinion, not feeling like you have to justify something or Mm. explain it or rationalize it away. Or, you know, my value comes from like the, my internal value has always been, my decision was my is to leave people where they are or lift them up, but never, ever take from them. Mm. And as long as I'm doing that, I'm in integrity with myself. And that's the only person between, besides me and God is the only thing I have to answer to is who am I being in that integrity? Mm. So, yeah, it's just beautiful. I mean, I could just talk to you for hours and I'm also aware yeah. that you got up at 4.15 a.m. to do yeah. this, which is insane that you have this <laughs> awesome. much like passion coming out of you and it just flows. So you're obviously yeah. living in that integrity, which I love, but I think yeah. that's a beautiful place to finish for now. I would obviously sure. love to have you back on Untapped, and I will definitely share all the goodness about where people can connect with you. But what's the best possible place for them to thank you for your generosity and time here today on the show? Absolutely. Well, I want to give your listeners a special gift. I want to give them my book, but I want to give you a special link that if you give it to them with the password I give it to you, they can just get it for free. They can oh, wow. download it for free. It's not available anywhere else for free. So I'll give it to you and you can put it in the show notes and that way they can have it for free. But that would be the gift. It's the book that I wish that somebody had, I just wrote the book that I wish somebody had written for me a long, long time ago. So it's, it really is a gift from the heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's got me excited for writing my book as well. And obviously I would love to read your book. So thank you so much for that. I will share that in the show notes and yeah, just thank you for being you. And man, you need to get yourself out there on an even bigger stage, not telling you to do, but I was just thinking about like the Tony Robbins of this world and people like that, who I'm just going to say for all their work are leaving people in the state of potential transformation. And they're not allowing that person to do the work to actually fully heal. Because that's why you will never see me working with hundreds of people at one time, because there's no way Mm -hmm. if you understand this now, there's no way that all of our traumas are the same. Yep. Right? Yep. So it doesn't land. The reason why it doesn't work is because everybody has their own individual story. We have to go back into that story and literally unravel 
mm. everything inside of that. And that's a personal thing. And so mm. I totally agree with you, but I want people to know that it's not because there's something wrong with them. It's because in the personal development industry or therapy in general, they don't understand how it's actually happening. And so, and I don't judge it because they're only doing what they, you know, like we're only doing the best we can with the resources mm -hmm. and understanding we have at the time, right? So I really mean this without any judgment, but that's the reason why it doesn't work. And just so in, on that note, I went to two people, not Tony Robbins, I do know him, but I, I didn't go to Tony, but I went to two other people that are really high up in personal development. They have millions of followers. And I said to him, when I figured this out, because I beta test, I tested this and tested this. And when I had the case studies and everything and the proof and the evidence of what I found, not only for myself, but in, uh, that anybody, I could take anyone through it. I literally went to them and I said, hey, here. I will help you just give it to the people because I will never work with more than 10 to 12 people at a time in the front end because how can I guarantee those results then? And I said, here, just give it to the people. Like, you know, I'll show you how to do it. You can put your name on it. And they, you know, one just laughed at me and thought I was crazy. The other one was like, you know, it's just funny to me because I guess I didn't get into personal development. I used to own a brick and mortar insurance company for 24 years. Wow. So I didn't come into personal development thinking I was going to be the one doing this. I just wanted the freaking, I just wanted somebody to help me. Right. <laughs> and so I, maybe I, you know, maybe that's why there's such a disconnect inside of like, I didn't get in this, this particular market to be doing that. I just wanted somebody to really help me. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I don't really care what it takes. I just wanted the result. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Sometimes I wonder like, why do people get into it if they're not really there to help people? Like I didn't understand why they wouldn't want to, but you know, I think that it's, I think that you and you know, when you're like, you're willing to spread this, you know, and you're willing to do the work for yourself and the stuff that you're doing and putting it into your book and the difference you're going to make. I think that, you know, never underestimate the power of, something small, right? Like the power of a mosquito, right? A mosquito in a room, <laughs> how much bite that mosquito can have, right? Don't never yeah. underestimate the small, how great of an impact something small can have. So mm. my goal is before I die, I'm 52. My goal is that, that I will impact uh, 5,000 business owners. That's, I work with entrepreneurs so that if I impact 5,000 business owners that in 30 years, I will have you know, they will impact another 5,000 so that I will indirectly have impacted 25 million people to really know the truth. I feel like then I can really sleep well at night because I made a promise to God when I was 13 years old and really struggling that if I found the answer to this, that I would give it to the world. Mm -hmm. And I've fulfilled my promise, <laughs> right? That's beautiful. the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very beautiful. Really yeah. wonderful. We have a similar mission and I love that idea of the circular economy. And also if yes. you can share this with even a hundred people and then they can right. on past that to a hundred yes. and hundred, it's a ripple effect. It doesn't have to, That's you know, right. start small as you said and yes. have massive impact over time. So thank you totally. so much for sharing. This has been That's amazing. The... I really thank appreciate you. you. I appreciate you too. All right, everybody. I really, really hope that you got a ton out of that episode. Before I forget, I would love for you to take up Mia's generous offer, which was being able to get a copy of her book for free, which I really love. So let me just check. She did give that to me. Go to MiaMeantForMoreBook.com and the password is free book with a capital F and B. So that's MiaMeantForMoreBook.com. The password is free book with a capital F and B. 100% easier to just come to nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast and get the show notes. Or if you're listening in a podcast player, you should be able to see it right there. We've included it for you. I am loving her book. I'm getting so much out of it. So please do support her by taking this generous offer, grabbing her book. And you know what? If Mia sounds like somebody who's going to be able to help you, please take her up on that offer. And in the meantime, if you have been searching for a club of like-minded ladies who are all hyper-focused on earning 10K a month or more and fundamentally having financial freedom in your life and in your business and you're wanting the focus 
accountability and the steps to plug those gaps in your business so that you can actually hit that goal and go beyond it. And we know that we're talking about more than just 10K a month here. We're talking about the ability to have freedom and control and build the business that you love so you can have the lifestyle that you want to go after. Then please consider applying for my 10K club. If you're earning around 2K a month or more right now, and you are wanting to really focus in this year, bring out your best self and move your business to create multiple revenue streams and have me as your business coach to do that and a mastermind posse of awesome ladies, head to nataliesisson.com forward slash 10K. That's one zero K. I look forward to receiving your application. In the meantime, Please never stop tapping into your own potential. And if you need to, bookmark this podcast and come back to it time and again. Thanks so much for listening. Go get them.